Greetings and welcome to today's episode of Speak the Universe Listens. Today's topic is Walking in Your Awareness Part 2. So we have with us again today Trina Roberts um, and she's actually been with us the past two weeks and Trina is the owner of Your Path to Living Well. She is a holistic coach as well as a herbal consultant. And Trina has already shared with us some information on becoming aware of yourself um, and then how to start making yourself well. And we talked a little bit about how you can make yourself well from a physical standpoint. Um, but today we're going to move a little bit into from an energetic standpoint. Um, and it's interesting because I recently was listening to um, Greg Braden, and he was saying how in a lot of the uh, the indigenous cultures that things are flipped as it relates to being well. Mm -hmm. So, for example, he say here doctors get paid for us being unwell. Mm -hmm. Where in, in other cultures, doctors are paid for you to be well. And so it's like if you get sick, then the doctor gets fired mm. because they're actually looking at your energy field and they are trying to keep your energy field clear and clean. Okay. And the better that the doctor can keep your energy field clear and clean, it will never reach the physical body. And when it does, that's when the doctor's like deemed as no good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so do they have technology like, um, I think it's the Krillian camera, that photographs their oral field or did he speak on that no no so these are um usually people like the aborigines yes. um like just the indigenous people where they don't have that they're technology. not using that type of okay. thing um and it's it, you know the whole thing about energy fields is just so amazing and interesting to me anyway yeah. and he was telling about um one of the cultures i forget which one but he was saying how they use guinea pigs and so what they do is they will pass a guinea pig over your energy field. They'll okay. just move it up and down your body. Uh -huh. And then the guinea pig will take on whatever your ailment is. Transference. And then they will open up the guinea pig mm. to see, okay, this is what's going on with you. So that's their way of detecting illness. Wow. And then they can fix it, clear the energy field. Um, and then another thing he was sharing, and you know, I've heard this many times before, but like our pets uh, oftentimes will take on whatever our ailment is. So they, if they're sick, then we might want to look at ourselves. ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is true. Mm -hmm. That is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what can you um, tell us about healing our energy field and keeping our energy field healthy? So. When I think about the energy field, I don't get that deep into it. I kind of keep it usable, uh, relatable, mm -hmm. and just as simplistic as I possibly can. But ideally, it's about, again, awareness. Um, because sometimes our thoughts can send out those messages into that field to then attract uh, imbalance or dis-ease. Uh, so where I kind of have that conversation about 
Um, in some cases, I can, if we are together, I can understand that something is off. Uh, so we'll kind of talk. Um, I will then, uh, in some cases, I'll hold your hand or I'll hug you. Um, my hug may be just a little bit longer than normal, but that's me attempting to help balance out that imbalance that you may have. I don't take it on because I'm not that person that's going to absorb it. I simply allow that energy to flow through me to you to kind of help get to that imbalance that you may have. Uh, I use crystals. Um, so I typically will always have one on me and I'll typically have some like in a bag so that if we're having a conversation and I can feel that something is off just based on what you're saying or uh, an illness that is showing up in a different part of your body, then I may just gently place something in your hand and have you just hold it and just conversate around it um, because I believe that that energy that is in that stone will get into your field and it can kind of help balance the body out. So I don't do the animals because I love animals and I love the, that technique, but I try to keep it as, as simple and not as judgmental as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So just hit on a little bit about crystals and how do they affect us? So crystals are a part of earth. They are pieces of minerals and parts of the the earth in itself that has broken away, um, that has just over years formed. Um, diamonds are considered a form of a crystal. Um, there are quartz that are in watches. Well, they used to put them in watches. I don't even think they make watches pretty much anymore but that's a crystal and they have energy to them that allows them to function they are great when it comes to in my perspective healing um, because your body responds to different types of energies a crystal is a way for you to get a piece of that energy and depending on what you're focusing on it will allow that area to kind of balance itself out. Uh, so I will meditate with a crystal if I feel that I'm stressed or I just need something to help my mental space calm down, then I might grab an amethyst and I'm just going to hold it. And I'm going to just feel the vibration of that crystal and I'll visualize the energy from that crystal just flowing through me. And helping to calm me down. Um, if I feel that I'm going in a, an environment that may not align to me spiritually, then of course I'm protecting myself before I get there. And that's where I pull out my herbs and I have sage. And, and I'm saging myself. I'm cleansing myself and I'm building that field. Um, and then I'll get uh, selenite which is a, a great protective crystal. And I'll wrap myself in that so that if I go into that environment, it could help me not be caught up in whatever that energy is. Because you can have energy that is supportive and you can have energy that is 
not so supportive. And that not so supportive energy is that energy that could show up in the body as an illness. Okay. So when you say you wrap yourself with the crystal, mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? So I actually have a wand. Oh. Um, and yes, it's a wand, but no, it's not a magical <laughs> wand per se. But it's an, it's probably about this long. And so when, say we, I have a Reiki session with a client, uh, and we're incorporating the crystals. At the end of the session, ideally, I want to kind of protect you. So I want, I'll take that wand, and I'll just kind of go around your entire body, covering the bottom of your feet, because your feet has chakras that could um, help keep you grounded. So ideally, I'm going to wrap your entire body with the stone. And it just helps to protect the work that your body is trying to do to keep you balanced. So are you someone who can actually, when you deal with balance and energy, so you're basically getting it from what they're saying, or are you getting it from how you feel, the feeling that you have, or how are you Sometimes feeling? it's a little bit of both. Sometimes I can, I can just look at you, and, and I can just see that something's bothering mm -hmm. you. And, and I'll just say, hey, what's going on? And in most cases, you won't tell me. And in some, some cases, you will. Um, sometimes you may tell me, hey, you're having some issues with digestion. And so we'll talk about it. Because a lot of times, the issue that you may be having in digestion, it could be something a little bit deeper that's just showing up in your digestive system. Sometimes I can just be near you and just know that something's off. So it kind of comes how it comes. I never really question or, or look for it. It's just like I can walk in a, in a place and I'm like, yeah, something's not right here. <laughs> something's about to, something is either going on or about to go mm -hmm. on. Let's kind of get ready for it. Okay. Okay. And then with chakras, um, I know each chakra has a different meaning and, and that type of thing. So is that something that you work with, like balancing chakras? Or when you, when you do Reiki, for example, what exactly are you doing? So what I am simply doing is allowing energy to flow through me to you, through your body, to kind of help your body relax and get to that point where it's doing its own work. Okay. That's pretty much it. Uh, if I recognize that maybe there is an imbalance somewhere, then I'll have a heavier focus on that area and all I'm really doing is just focusing that energy and I'm just asking that energy to flow through me into you so that you are willing to receive it and to help turn things around. Mm -hmm. So what about like sometimes when people have Reiki experiences and then they don't feel like anything has happened, what would you attribute that to? It could be a few things. Uh, it could be that they're not open to receiving it. And it could be a mental where they're, they're doing it because they're hoping it works. They're not doing it with the belief that it works. Um, sometimes the expectation is that it needs to be fixed right away. And it's not something that can be fixed right away. Because a lot of times things that show up are things that you've dealt with for a long time. Um, a very long time and you've buried it and so it sometimes it could take a little bit of everything involved uh, 
to kind of help to get you to that point where your body will receive it. Uh, and that's where food comes in because a lot of your foods have so much uh, stuff that's in there that suppresses the body. And so if we do the work energetically, but you're still consuming that food, sometimes it could prevent that healing that needs to take place. Yeah, you made a comment to me um, about, I, you actually were talking about your own healing, and you were saying how you had tried a certain herb, and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but then once you cleansed your body, and then did that herb again, now you can feel the effects, and so this is kind of... The same thing, yeah. Because yeah. you can try things, and if your mind isn't open to the possibilities, mm -hmm. then you're blocking yourself. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can try it all day long, but if in your head you know it's just not going to work, <laughs> then guess what? It's not going to work. Right. So you're doing all that work for nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's where you really have to get your mind to that point where it's open and know it's going to work and you speak, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And when you can announce that it's going to work, then that's where everything aligns to it working for you. Okay. Okay, so you mentioned crystals. Mm -hmm. So should people go out and buy crystals, or how do you determine what crystal to buy? So crystals are energy. They speak to you. You could go out and you can explore, but... What I usually encourage is go and just browse. And it will speak to you. It will be that one crystal that it's like everything else kind of blocks out and you see that one. Mm -hmm. And then you go and read about it and you're like, yes, mm -hmm. that's me. Some people, they can kind of run their hand across and they'll feel it. But what I would say is if, if you're looking and you're shopping and you're trying to find that crystal to help you, then pick it up. Um, sometimes it's good to hold it. And if it feels right, then it's okay. Sometimes you could pick it up and all of a sudden it's, you, you're feeling off. Then that's not a crystal for you. And, and then that comes to that point, do you want to go and start touching crystals? Because they absorb energy, you know, and so someone's energy could have been left on it. And I hate to say it that way, but it's true because you have people that are just touching things. So that's why you would say kind of look, you know, feel it with your eyes and your inner you will help guide you to that one that you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you may need it for that moment and you'll get it and then things turn around. And you may not need that crystal anymore. Hmm. Interesting. So for years, I've always been drawn to this color crystal. Mm -hmm. what, what would this be called? Is it so that purple, like an amethyst? Mm, that yes, color? Amethyst, mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have any insight into what that crystal? With the amethyst, mm -hmm. amethyst plays heavily on your crown chakra and your third eye chakra. It's about, uh, it's a calming crystal. It's one about connecting to a higher self. Um, so if that is your color and that is your crystal, then that could 
Not that you're drawn to it, but you resonate with it and it helps to keep you along that path of being connected. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so crystals, what else would you uh, recommend to help us keep our energy fields clear and to clean them out? So I talked about sage. Mm -hmm. um, that is a tradition that is that dates back to different cultures, um, primarily your Native American culture, uh, where they would use sage to clean the area, to remove negative energies from the area. Um, you can use sage, you can use mugwort. Mugwort is a little bit stronger, uh, but that could be a herb that you could use. Some people don't appreciate the earthiness of the smell, so you could look into lavender. Those are kind of my three. Palo Santo is a it's a wood. Um, it smells good. It's just not like my number one choice. Um, and in some cases, visualizing the the energy leaving is important. And so when you have that that sage lit and you see that smoke and you're encouraging it to clean this area, to remove that that no longer serves you, when you can speak it and you can see it leave, it kind of helps you feel in a better place. Um, so that would be something that I would definitely recommend. And so this is kind of a, like a sensitive situation, but people. Sometimes you have to remove people from your life um, because that energy that continues to resonate mm -hmm. in your life, you absorb it and it could affect your well-being. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends, but at the end of the day you have to do inventory and say, is this what I really want in my life? Does this bring me joy? Does this bring me happiness? Does this bring me peace? And if it doesn't, then you got to find a way to spiritually clean that person or that per you know that that situation from you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is a hard one. It is. Yeah. It is. And you don't. Sometimes you don't want to. And it's really not about maybe completely removing them and ignoring them. But finding those times to allow them into your life, but only for a moment, and then walking away, and then going home, and taking that woo-saw moment to kind of clear it, mm -hmm. clear it, clear it, and get, get your head straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I guess one last thing, meditating. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, because in a, a earlier, I guess our first podcast, you had mentioned that you had started meditating mm -hmm. but you didn't know what you were doing and so it didn't work mm -hmm. so talk to us about I guess knowing what you're doing versus not knowing what you're doing so when I first started it was sit in the room close the door cut the lights out and breathe mm -hmm. so I did that I sat in the room I closed the door I cut the lights out and I breathe mm -hmm. and then it was like okay what now so as I started on my journey, I recognized that it's a little bit more than sitting in the room, closing the door, cutting the lights out, and breathing. It's about 
deep breathing. It's about what could ultimately help you. So one technique that helps me when I'm breathing is because sometimes the mind gets going and you're thinking, I got to do the laundry, I got to do the dishes, I got to cook, I got to do this. I focus on my breathing. So I'm thinking, I'm taking my deep breaths in and I'm counting my breaths. And that keeps me focused. And then I exhale. Initially, it was a challenge. I think I was able to sit still for about two to three minutes, but I liked the challenge. So I said, okay, I'm going to do five minutes. So then I got to 15 minutes. And then when I got to 30, I felt different. And sometimes I didn't even remember sitting down to meditate. And that's when I recognized that whatever I did in that moment, it removed any and everything that was causing me to feel an imbalance before I sat down. And so now when I wake up, that's what I'm doing. And initially that was the challenge finding the time. So it became, okay, we got to assess what's going on in my life. And so when I wake up, I drink my water and then I go to my space and I sit and I don't go into an immediate meditation. I prepare myself and then I go into my meditation. So what's preparing yourself? So I'm preparing myself is sitting there and I'm getting physically comfortable mm -hmm. so that when my eyes get closed, I'm not twitching and I'm not moving. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm getting comfortable. And I'm making sure that if I'm on the floor, I'm in a comfortable position. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a chair, I'm in a comfortable position. The TV is not on. Uh, I've gotten away from that because that energy set the day off on a busy note. So there's no TV. Um, I'm away from the dogs. So they kind of know, okay, this is mommy's time. So I don't hear the barking and the yiping, let me out, let me out. And, and then I go into my, my session. And sometimes that, I don't time it, but it's as if my body is saying, time is up. And then the awareness comes back, and I kind of bring a little movement back to my fingers and my toes, and then I'm up. Okay. And then I start my day, and my day flows perfectly. When I don't have a meditation session, I feel it, and I feel it all day. I feel it all day. And then that's when it's like in the middle of the day, I'm like, okay, something's off. Let me get in the corner. And I put myself in time out. And, and, and that's what helps me to be able to take on the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like you started off just kind of disciplining yourself. It was like, it wasn't like you just like, oh, I want to meditate. But it's like, okay, let's. I have to train myself. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Training your mind to do mm -hmm. it. I, um, I don't, I meditate, but I don't do it in that fashion mm -hmm. because I did try that before. And in terms of like counting my breaths and all that, I would get to about two or three and that was it. And I would try and try and try and I was unable to do it that way. Okay. Um, are there other ways that you would offer to people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think we get caught up on that meditation, sitting in a chair, lotus, counting, breathing. <laughs> Not everybody has the ability to jump right into mm -hmm. that arena. So you can walk. There's a form of walking meditation. And ideally, what you're doing is you're walking, but you're counting your steps. And all you're doing is one, two, three, four. So you're walking in that 
pace. Mm -hmm. There is, um, so it's a simple thing, but washing the dishes. Mm -hmm. So it, this is where it goes to more of a mindfulness meditation. So you're being mindful of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you're washing the dishes, then you wash the dish and then you rinse the dish and then you dry the dish. So it's that process. And it's about helping the mind to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was focusing on breathing. If you're walking, it's focusing on walking. If it's washing the dishes, it's focusing on washing the dishes. Some people even say um, that they, there's meditation, there's an eating meditation. So when you're eating, you're looking at that food and you're smelling the food and you're looking at the colors of the food and now you're tasting the food. And then you're chewing the food. So it's about finding that thing that helps you to stay focused on one thing and then doing that at a repetitive um, fashion. Mm -hmm. And do you find that when you meditate that it's easier or better or any benefit to doing it in the same place and the same time or does it just wherever you can do it? I would say when you're just getting started, if you could do it in the same place, the same time, it's helpful because you're creating a pattern. Um, the end result is to be able to meditate. But if we have to get you to the point where you're doing it right there at 6 o'clock every single day, then that's what we have to do until you can get your, your brain trained to the fact that it needs to shut down. Um, and then once you're able to with not any issues at all, get up, sit in the chair, and do what you got to do, and know that you can do it for 10 minutes, and now you can do it for 20 minutes, and now that you know that for a month you're able to get up and there's no issues, then have at it. Go and meditate wherever you need to. But until you can get that initial sitting still straight, then I would say sit there like a little kid, in a corner until you can get it get it together. Mm -hmm. So one last question. Sure. As far as meditation goes, so a lot of times we do we just say we need to meditate, but we're not really explaining why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so is that something you can address? So ideally, the purpose of meditating is shutting the world off, giving the brain a reset. It's a computer. So everything that you're looking at, everything that you're hearing, everything that you're feeling, it's processing it. So it's constantly on go. And I think about the way that we are now as a society, we always have our phone in our hand. So we're always looking at our phone and we're always processing and we're processing. And so if our brain is always trying to process, then it can't help the body do what else it needs to do, i.e. digest i.e. sleep, i.e. go to the bathroom. So my thought is that the benefit of meditation is giving the brain a chance to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where that challenge comes in when most people start meditating mm -hmm. because they can't shut the brain off. Right. And it becomes that thing of you have to own it and you say, look, I need you to shut down. <laughs> I need you to focus on the breathing. I need you to focus on the eating. I need you to focus on the walking. Train the brain to be able to shut down so that it will have a moment to truly help you heal.
thanks so much. You're welcome. This has been awesome talking to you about becoming aware of yourself and then some of the things that we can do to help clean our energy fields, clean our inner fields, um, but then again, realizing that we are just energetic bodies and, and you know, just keeping our temple clean in all ways will help to elevate us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you again. You're welcome. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again next week, but not before Trina shares with us how to reach her. Find me on Facebook, Your Path to Living Well, on IG, same name. Google me, Your Path to Living Well, and it'll get you right to me, or you can go to my website, yourpathtolivingwell.com. And you can find me at rvetmcclain.com, and make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so. Until next time. Bye. Bye.